Welcome to episode 129 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. We're on a very special on-location episode, broadcasting to you here at Crusher Fest down in South Milwaukee. Keep the Kayfabe was invited to talk to some legends on this beautiful Saturday, and it's going on all weekend. We won't be here tomorrow, but that's okay because... Matt actually had an awesome opportunity to talk to some awesome wrestlers. But with Crusher Fest, it's all about honoring the Crusher. Peggy just did a phenomenal job with all the logistics, getting quality small business in, beer vendors, food trucks. It's such a great thing for the community and the city where the Crusher actually made his name. So it's a great honor. People have been signing a banner to get the Crusher into the Hall of Fame, and there's a lot of signatures, so I bet with all this energy and effort that everybody's putting in, I think we'll see him. It's a really, really fun day, and we couldn't have uh, gotten better weather, eh, Matt? We definitely could not have. It's just an absolutely beautiful day here in South Milwaukee. Kind of like Mike alluded to, I do want to give a huge, huge Keep the Kayfabe thank you to the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Greg the Hammer Valentine, who is a longtime legend here on Keep the Kayfabe, and the legend himself, Marty Jannetty, formerly one half of the Rockers in WWE. Most definitely. We're so honored to be able to talk to them, and they made time for us. Peggy really set us up with a great spot right by the ring where we can uh, take in some wrestling. The crowd is real live down here. Everybody's in high spirits. Like I said, weather always helps, so people are drinking, people are eating food, bringing their dogs, bringing their families. It's a really, really great thing. You're not going to want to miss this. If you haven't gone to it ever, make a point. It's every other year. Put it on your calendar first weekend in june it's such a blast so peggy you did a phenomenal job matt what's been your favorite part of the day down here at crusher fest what you say i mean i think i'm a little biased and this is going to come as no surprise but obviously sitting down with the legends i mentioned a few minutes ago that has to be the highlight of the day for us we had a great crowd great live crowd here at crusher fest too everybody was super into it a lot of great follow-up questions the guys were nice enough to spend a few minutes with the members of the crowd after the fact answer any questions they had chat with everybody it couldn't have been any better but we do have a live wrestling show about to start here in a few minutes so that very well could change the days just keeps getting better most definitely. And you can hear a band going on in the distance, too. They really cover all the bases here as far as entertainment and uh, festivities. we got to give a really special thank you to Matt's beautiful wife, Becky, who came in big with the clutch on the phone getting pictures of Matt interviewing these wrestlers. Uh, we're five minutes away from bell time here at the tent, so we might need to take it away to the interviews. Let's take a listen to Matt. Interviewing the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and Marty Jannetty. 
What up, what up? It's another week of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Matt, sitting here with some really special guests, ready to talk some wrestling. We are live at Crusher Fest here in South Milwaukee, and we've got a couple really exciting guests sitting next to me. Starting on my left, we have the legend, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Ted, how are you doing today? Very good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I mean, I've got you sitting here with us. How awesome is that, right? Hey, that's priceless. (laughs) And to your right, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Greg, how are you? Excellent, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I don't know if you're aware of this, and we'll probably get into this a little bit. You're actually somewhat of a legend on Keep the Kayfabe. We'll talk a little more about that later on. And then last and certainly not least, one of my favorite tag team members of all time, one half of the Rockers, WWF legend Marty Jannetty. Marty, how are you doing today? Oh, uh, MJ's up in the house, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, ready for some <laughs> slamming and jamming tonight. Nice. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit here right now. So just to get things started a little bit, speaking of slamming, all of you guys have had legendary careers. That's no secret. We want to talk a little bit about some of the time you've spent right here in Milwaukee and some of your favorite memories from wrestling in Milwaukee. And Ted, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with you because I know there's one story we could not not talk about being that's here in Milwaukee. Well, um, probably you're talking about when I was, uh, when I pulled the little kid out of the crowd that would be the night. Asking yes, sir. Asking dribble of basketball. Yes, that is the story. Of all the gimmicks that we did, that's the one I get asked about all the time. And so here, here's the story. I mean, obviously it was all to get the character of the Million Dollar Man over. So I asked him to dribble the basketball 10 times, and he does. And I said, okay, kid, if you can do that again 15 times without missing, I'll give you 500 bucks. So he gets to 14, and I, I, I stick my foot out and make the ball bounce off my foot. <laughs> Tough luck, kid. When you don't get the job done, you don't get Good the thing. money. Crocodile tears ran to his money. Oh, my gosh, couldn't have done any better. I got in the back, and all the guys were going, oh, God, that was great. That was great. I said, I'm glad you're all happy. Now find an armored vehicle to get me out of the building. <laughs> These people want to kill me. Fast forward 20 years. I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. So mm-hmm. I went to Omaha. I had a speaking engagement. I'm renting a car. This guy taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around, and I'm looking at his chest. I mean, he's, <laughs> I mean, like like six six. And he said, "Hey, Mr. Davies." He says, uh, "I know who you are. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm the manager here. Can I help you find a car?" I said, "Sure." I said, "Find something that would fit both of us." He said, "Be happy to." He said, "By the way," he says, "Do you remember that thing you did with the kid <laughs> in the basketball?" <laughs> Yeah, and I looked at him. It was just the expression on his face. I went, no. <laughs> he says, nice to see you again. It was him. Oh, my gosh. It was him. He says, you're going to love this. Wow. He says, I actually went to college on a basketball scholarship. <laughs> I said, see what I did for you, kid? <laughs> the irony. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what the, the, yeah, yeah, what are the odds of me running into him like that? Wow. But uh, that, that was pretty cool. But he said, yeah, he was doing very well. Awesome. Very cool But, yeah, that's of all the gimmicks and all the things. I get asked about that more than anything. Unbelievable. Very cool story. Greg, what about you? Any really fond memories of wrestling here in Milwaukee? Uh, I wrestled here a lot, but the one that really sticks out to me and was on Saturday night's main event, NBC, and I wrestled Ultimate Warrior. Wow. And Jimmy Hart was my manager, and that was – I remember Milwaukee for that. That was – wasn't my best match in Milwaukee, but I had a lot of, you know, the finish was great, and I had the shin guard, knocked him out with it, but I still lost, but uh, it was on a big stage, NBC Saturday night's main event, Ultimate Warrior, I think that's about the only time I ever wrestled it. 
But that was here in Milwaukee. And everything else in Milwaukee is a blur because all I did was drink beer here. <laughs> and eat cheese curds. And, and soap. You ate some soap yesterday. And I ate some soap yesterday. It was supposed to be a cheese curd. <laughs> awesome. So, so, Greg, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, a story that comes to my mind that's really close to Keep the Kayfabe is, I want to say it was about a year or two ago, we actually reached out to you for a cameo. Uh, which is one of the new technologies for those of our listeners who aren't familiar Cameo? with it. Cameo, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, where you can actually get a yeah. personalized video from a wrestler, and we had actually yeah. reached out to you for one. And in the video, you shared a story with us about a kayfabe moment at a show where a fan got a little out of hand and you had to punch him in the face. Um, <laughs> and then some things happened. I think Linda M- McMahon may have gotten involved. Does this story ring well, in I got bell? sued, and uh, an attorney, WWE's F attorney, called me and asked asked me about it. I said, yeah, the guy spit in my face, and I just reacted, and I hauled off and hit him in the face. But he said I broke his jaw. Oh. I only hit him once. I must have a good punch, but... Um, yeah, fist there. Linda called me, and then she took care of it. She said, don't worry about it. They paid him off. Unbelievable. So I'll be taking out of my check every little bit. <laughs> So, Marty, I, yes, I know you've been kind of quiet here on the end, and we're, I want to get to you now. So, obviously, I want to talk a little bit about tag team wrestling because all you guys have been, in one way or another, throughout your careers involved in a tag team in Wait one way. Wait a minute. You let me talk about Milwaukee. If you want to talk about Milwaukee, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you got any good no, stories? Uh, well, I don't know if it's good or not. It was good back then, but we um, – all right, this is about a PG as I can get. But uh, AWA days, when we would come here – you know, it was everybody was based out of Minneapolis. I think it's about a six and a half hour drive uh, if you drive correctly. <laughs> but you know, we uh, a lot of times it was a long drive all day to get here and then turn around and go right back. But anyway, so uh, somehow we ran across the lady at the time we were tw- mid 20s, and uh, uh, you know, when you're 20, somebody just oh, 40. Could do anything. Yeah, but, and, but, and you did. So I saw you once. <laughs> uh, but we, um, I don't know how we found her, this lady, but what was to say out of the age thing is in your mid-20s and you see somebody 40, you're like, Man, she's, she's pretty, but she's old. Yeah. <laughs> now when you get around 60, you're like, oh, man, she was young. <laughs> but uh, yes, we somehow we started, she was friendly with the, to the guys. Um extra friendly with some of them and we uh started saying she, was, she had a house so it, i guess two or three bedrooms so a bunch of us it was usually it started with me and kurt henny mr perfect y'all remember him uh got him i'm reflecting way back ain't i <laughs> no i was starting to feel the age <laughs> um anyway we we stayed at her place and it was so special to us because she would like lay out the food like what we got here today she just lay out a spread for the guys and you need good just slept good she had a couple of daughters that were around 20 21 so you know they and they were pretty so we it was always a party and and you just stayed we started calling it the genie inn um her name was genie and uh but the the thing was she was she liked i guess as pg uh she liked something in pay for what she did <laughs> uh, compensation maybe and, uh, and like I said she was not she was very pretty it was just her age got us 40 <laughs> like that's a big deal but uh, 
Yeah, well, it was always the new guy in town, the new, the, the newest one that came. That we'd always say, "You got to pay for dinner," which meant back to the back room with her later. <laughs> that was. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, because of the genie in, we loved coming to Milwaukee, and then after we went to a, when me and Sean split and went to WWF, WWE now. Um, we got to come here what once every. What do they come now? About once every four or five months. Yeah, I want to say it's maybe twice a year. Twice a year. Yeah, something that's, like that. That's about that's about what we did before, right? From Milwaukee, about three I'm times not, a year, maybe. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Back then, I'm talking about when we stayed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so three times a year, we all all of us that knew about it, and then we'd introduce the, the newer guys from WWE. All right, you got to pay for dinner tonight. But the genie and uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy place here in Milwaukee, um, for no, sure. But definitely a party place. I love it, man. Party, yeah. yes, it can it can be exciting. It's um, known for beer drinkers and hell raisers and <laughs> cheese curds. Beer drinkers, hell raisers, and cheese curds. Yes, sir. And one of those beer drinkers that we are all here today because of was the Crusher. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was a big hit in the AWA days. You yeah. guys have had legendary careers. Do you guys have any stories about having worked with the Crusher at any point or any experiences running into him? You know, my only experience with Crusher was um, one of the other cities in wrestling that be became an entity on, uh, in its own was St. Louis. I mean, back in the territorial days, yeah. the top guys from all the territories somehow would make it to St. Louis, and if you got over in St. Louis, you got over, and yeah. no country was going to know who you were, yeah, that was and that's crazy. how I, I started, but the only time that I ever saw the Crusher live was in St. Louis, and I met, I met him there, you know, uh, but I never had the opportunity to, to work with him. Yeah. Greg, what about you? Any memories of the Crusher? Yeah, I wrestled the Crusher. It was myself and Don Fargle. Yeah, against the Bruiser, Dick the Bruiser, and the Crusher in a tag team match. Oh, wow. That's what, did, didn't you do that? Here? And all I did was like this, and he went like that. And, <laughs> yeah. Did y'all do that? Y'all did that here, right? In, yeah. No, in Chicago, Amphitheater. Okay, that was okay. where all well, the big matches were. I don't think I did it here in Milwaukee. No, I just wrestled Ultimate Warrior here, so. Yeah. I was just a young kid wrestling them. I was, wow, you know, I was... Starstruck, Crusher yeah. and Dick the Bruiser. I'm in the ring wrestling. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a young kid. Yeah, <laughs> 24, yeah, they 25. Were, they were again. They were older looking. I was like, yeah, they sure are popular for older guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. So, but, if Crusher was alive today, how old would he be? Nine, say, somebody say 90. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anybody know if the Crusher were alive today, how old he might be? Ninety-two. Okay, but his legacy is like it's just—it's yeah. bigger than when. Yeah. When he was alive. It's still know? rolling. Because everybody, yeah. because of, everybody keeps up to the, the the older wrestlers and the legends and the, YouTube is a big part of that and even WWE has a lot of good shows about the '80s legends and not so much '50s, '60s, but they keep popping up. So. Thank God, too. It gives you something to do, right? <laughs> Get yeah, out of the house. My, my, my dad was a big-time wrestler, Johnny Valentine. Johnny Valentine, yes, yeah. legend. Wrestled. He was part of that St. Louis clique, you know? You want to call it a clique? Well, yeah, Sam my dad. Clique. My dad, Iron Mike DiBiase. Yeah, Iron Mike DiBiase. You know, he was one of those guys. Yeah. 
from was that you, era. Um, was he still wrestling when you got in, when you started? No, he had no. passed away by then. He passed away by then? Yeah. So, Greg, you mentioned a little bit about being in a tag team facing the Crusher back in the day. I want to talk a little bit about tag team wrestling, because obviously every one of you guys has been involved in a tag team in one form or another throughout your career. Right. Um, when you go to put together a match, what are some of the big things that really stood out to you guys when you're putting together a tag team match versus, like, a singles? I didn't put anything together, man. It was all <laughs> ad-lib. Uh, I knew yeah. what I knew if I was going over or if I was going That's under. It. That's all his And I thank didn't you. I didn't want to talk high thank spots. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. I don't want to talk high spots. I'll forget them and it ruins the match and yeah, I remember when we That's were, the, the that's the that's the dying art of professional yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Is that, you know, all of us the only thing we knew when we walked in the ring was the finish. Yeah. This is how it's going to end tonight. Yeah. Everything else was ad-libbed. Now, if you if you had like, let's say you maybe you had a history with whoever you were wrestling as a tag team, and this you might say, okay, this is what the people saw the last time. Since it, yeah. and it ended this way last time, maybe we should start tonight yes. this way. So you might know the beginning and the end, but everything in the middle. Yeah. Is, is 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 by ear and, and it's it's an acquired skill and, and it's, it's almost just, like, and it's so much better that way oh gosh yeah well it is i mean because you spontaneous everything is for real well and then when you plan a match out like that if, oh, it, if it ain't going if it ain't going right the people aren't responding you got to go with the strip, you, yeah you, know, you got to shift works. gears and, and know how to do that and yeah. uh, it's just it's really sad because it's, it's like a dying art i mean i it's it's hard for me to watch today's wrestling because of that because it's like you know you know tell me a story you're not telling me a story you're going out there and bouncing around the ring and going over the top rope yeah. and doing taking all these bumps but none of it means anything that's very true that's very true yeah so so heat was definitely a big thing in any kind of match but especially in tag team wrestling when you have more guys in the ring there's more elements to the story you can put together um, Marty obviously I don't, I don't want to pick on you but I feel compelled oh, to ask a little it. bit about your time in the Rockers with Sean obviously you guys had that infamous segment in WWF when Sean kicked you Barbershop. through the window I, uh, I guess how did that all come about the uh, the barbershop window yeah uh, he was an ass <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he just, he was, uh, he was ready to split off, which, you know, when we came in, uh, WWF at the time, when we came in, they, we didn't paying attention and noticing they split off the, the tag teams. One, and one generally goes pretty good and the other one, usually it was the Bond. <laughs> you know, the Bond somehow always was the one that got the, the push, which is understandable. Uh, and I don't mean in our case, I mean just, just all of them, because... I guess a little more flamboyant or something, you know. <laughs> the, the well, the look, you know, is what it's all about. It's appearance. But, um, well, that's part of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Sean, we talked about it. Like, we'll, when we'll let each other know. We don't let them come tell us because we'll know when the product's had its run. And we agreed to it, him and I. And uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we accidentally, he was hard. He admits it now. He was hard to deal with back then. Um, you know, so I'm not saying anything that he's not already told everybody, but he was kind of an ass. <laughs> they were my PG. If we're still in the PG rating. <laughs> um, is he, uh, yeah, he just went too far one night. It was, you know, we were like brothers. We were so close. I mean, 
when you travel the roads, you, you drive together, you fly together, you, you go to bed around the same time, you get up at the same time for the flights. Yeah, you eat together, you go to the gym together. I mean, you're pretty much married. And, um, you know, sometimes that can be a pain. I know when we first came in, Bret Hart was telling me that's a big mistake, guy, big mistake. Because y'all are going to want to... It was different, too, when we came in. Y'all were uh, doing, what, 90, 70, 50 days in a row, something like that. Long-ass long tours, that's two. Okay, I got five of them, I think. Um, ass, three. Okay, <laughs> they... Um, yeah, for the guys, old tag team guys, they were. We noticed they were, except for I think I'm like kidding them. Did they, oh, they rode together, right? Yeah. And, and uh, me and Brutus rode together. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all did that for a while too. Actually, huh? Brutus was uh, the the most mellow guy, and we were. Who, who was? When oh, me and Brutus were together. We were together almost three years, and we never had a fight hardly. Yeah, yeah that's, once in a while. That's uh, that's good because I think he was, was a mellow guy from Florida. You know who was, I think it was the Rujos. Probably now that I think about it, they were the only ones. And they're brothers. And they, yeah. didn't, they didn't room together. But yeah. Greg, th- you mentioned Brutus. Um, obviously, you guys were an epic tag team. Um, any good fond memories of working with him that come to mind? Either like, you know, mid to late 80s. Or a- any story, really. Yeah, but I, I got to, I grabbed him and they, and they wanted us to be the champions. And, uh, and he was green and I'd been a while been in the business like seven years longer than him so I was the captain and he followed and that's what makes it beautiful because he, he had a leader and a follower but he ended up excelling at what he was doing and we just had a great great run what was y'all, great run. Was y'all giving a name like, what, what, the dream team yeah. the dream team yeah. and then you do with a honky like shake rattle and roll then, then, then I went with honky yeah. that was another that was good for me I loved it I think it's when you dyed your hair black, right? Yeah. I didn't like that part, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I go to the beach, live in Florida, and I got the dye, and it'd be running down my chest. Like, <laughs> ah, you know. Yes, but it, it was all for good, you know. I I look back at that, and I enjoyed it. And it gave me a c- couple more years of good yeah. money. And, and it, was, it was fun because I was always a hard-nosed wrestler, so now I got to be a showman more, you know. So it was fun. That, mean, that means two shots. And that, and that was after after everything was exposed that wrestling, you know, wasn't as hard. <laughs> you didn't have all those fans that believed 100% of it. You didn't have the kayfabe anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, the, yeah no, kay, no more kayfabe. And oh, I still kayfabe, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg is you 100% kayfabe. Anybody wants to challenge me, I'll, I'll hit him right <laughs> But I might sue you because I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> So, so to talk a little bit about kayfabe, um, you know, Greg, you make a really good point. Back in the day, I feel like the act of separating the faces from the heels was a lot easier because we didn't live in the age of social media, and right. it was just harder to get that kind of information. Well, you can't, you can't keep anything quiet anymore if you want to keep it quiet because of these things. Right, exactly. Right. And for those of our listeners who are hearing this podcast, Greg was holding up his cell phone. Right. I don't like social media, and my wife got me on Instagram, but that's. I, she handles that. I don't like it. <laughs> Ted, what about you? Any any thoughts on kayfabe and how the business has changed over the years? Well, I mean, you know, back in back in the day, and it was the, the, kayfabe was everything. You know, it was kind of like yeah. uh, uh, even though we as wrestlers understood that 
if the general public, you know, you watch wrestling long enough, you know, you're you're gonna get it. Right. But it's but it's just yeah, like usually. it's just like going if you went to a uh, a magic show and you saw this guy make an elephant disappear. <laughs> he really didn't make that elephant disappear, but somehow he did it. It's the how. Right. How, how did he do it? Yeah. And and that's why we thought kayfabe was important. Is that you know even though that they may know, let's let's try to keep it as. Yeah. Secret as we can, so when they get into the story, they can get that much more into the story. Uh, and then, you know, but when Vince came along and Vince had a new idea, you know, he said, "Yeah, hey, we're, we're sports entertainment. Uh, we're we're not real, so you know, who cares? We're we're still good." Yeah. And he went a whole different direction and, 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 and targeted, you know, <laughs> a younger generation with wrestling. With that's when we started having the action figures and all that stuff. And then you're. You know, Hulk Hogan is your bigger-than-life hero, and, you know, I was like Snidely Whiplash, you know, the million-dollar man and all his money. (laughs) Well, wrestling became Hollywood, too. It really is. Mm -hmm. And they just had WrestleMania in Hollywood, L.A. That's crazy. It was fantastic. Two days, WrestleMania. Who says wrestling is dead? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's it's just continuing. And WrestleMania is is the granddaddy of all of them. And and yeah, and you're right. It was kind of like uh, at the time, I had I had been going to Japan back and forth, and I was Stan Hansen's new partner. Wow. Stan and Bruiser Brody split because Bruiser Brody went to the other company. That's another story. But I remember coming home, and I don't know what hotel I was, but but I, I opened the door. I got the newspaper, and right there on the front it says, you know, uh, the WWF sets indoor attendance record: ninety-three thousand people at the Pontiac Silverdome for. WrestleMania 3 and I said right there I said if I'm going to stay relative in wrestling I'm going to have to be to work for that company right. and I had no idea as as things worked out that I would end up being in the main event at WrestleMania 4 wow but yeah. it was a much smaller crowd. Unbelievable. One of Pay-per-view my favorite... crowd was big, but well, it was Well, that was like... uh, in Atlantic City. Atlantic City, yeah, yeah. Trump's building. And they had two of them in a row there. Yeah. Were, that was a good time. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we do want to be really respectful of your time. We really appreciate you guys joining us. I do have one more question for you. Uh, it's a little bit about some of the most fun and unique things you've done throughout your careers. Um, and, Ted, since you were just talking, we'll kind of keep rolling with it. I'm a huge NXT fan, which for those of our listeners and the fans here in attendance, if you don't know, NXT is the developmental brand for WWE. And in recent years, they've made a habit of bringing back some WWE legends in different roles. And, Ted, I know in recent years you teamed up with Cameron Grimes (laughs) as his manager. And personally, it was one of my favorite acts of the past few years in NXT. Talk a little bit about how that came to be and, you know, what were some of your favorite memories from that? Well, you know, Cameron actually in real life, you know, invests in the stock market. He watches the stock market. And apparently he hit it big. He, you know, he hit something really big and overnight, you know, got a whole lot of money. And I don't know, I think it, it, it might've been Triple H who came up with the idea. He says, you know, like, we got to find a way to, you know, you know, bring Ted into this for, 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 for a couple of weeks. And so we did things like he would go out shopping, right? And so he goes in a jewelry store and, you know, uh, he, he picks up this beautiful Rolex watch, you know, and he's looking at that. And I come walking up behind him and I hold up this diamond bezeled watch. And I said, nice watch, kid, but it's not a million dollar watch. And I, 
<laughs> and walk off and just leave him there like, you know. So, but anyway, it ended up going a little longer, actually, than they had originally anticipated. And I had a blast. It was it was fun to be around, of course. you know. And, and I remember they, they said, well, we're going to do this thing in the ring. And, and, and you know, uh, L.A. Knight's going to hit you. And we'll have a, he says, as you fall, we'll have a couple guys there to, 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 to hold you so you don't. And I said, no, you won't. <laughs> I said, if I'm going to take a bump, I'm going to take a bump. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to take such a good bump, I'm going to show all these punks how to do it. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the whole thing was a, a lot of fun, and it was, you know, I think it was good for everybody. Absolutely. Greg, so we were doing a lot of research before we started doing this podcast, and we came across an old TV pilot that you did with George the Animal Steel called Something Fishy. <laughs> I I personally have not seen this. One of my co-hosts who wasn't able to be here today was able to dig this up. But for the listeners and for the people in tenants, can you share a little bit about what this was and, I guess, how this came to be? Well, George called me and uh, asked me if I wanted to do it. And we did it over uh, by Lakeland over there in that area. And uh, I said, sure, I'll do it. I didn't even talk about money. I was just, you know, I wanted to do it. But it ended up being... Uh, I ended up making some good money with it, but it never got picked up by a network. I think it did. I got picked up on an outdoor uh, fishing show or something, but it was fun to do, and it was funny. And you can still get it on YouTube. And uh, good old George, you know. Good old George. Yeah. Marty, love, what about you? George. Any uh, any fun memories that come to mind of obscure things that came from wrestling, like TV pilots or? Oh, well, there's five, in fact, here, let me get everybody yeah, say hello. Yeah, that's what it was, a TV pilot, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm Jay in the house here, otherwise known as Marty Janetti, and the party with Marty Hour is coming. It ain't out yet, I'm just putting it together. And so, this is a good start, we got my boys on here. Yeah. The Hammered One. Right hammered One. And, and Hall of Famers. I'm sitting close to a Hall of Famer, two Hall of Famers. Here, let me, I'll, r- I'll rub some of my magic dust in there. <laughs> here, I'll rub, it, I'll rub it right here. <laughs> I want to get yeah. some of that. Hey, hey, y'all can uh, find me on Facebook. Uh, I'll be in front of a barbershop window. That's my, that's my, that's my profile uh, picture, yeah. So, yeah, man, y'all check me out on there. But uh, from wrestling, I mean, all these years, I didn't realize I could be doing this, all the technology stuff available. Um and so yeah, I'm getting into it, and it's just like, thank God for wrestling, but I got something to do the rest of my life now. Um, and, th- and thank God I get out and see these guys every so often. That keeps your sanity. Once you've done this for 30, 35, I got like 37 or 38 years in. It's kind of all you, it's your family, you know, it's your extended family. And the fans are too, just like yourselves, you're my family, extended families. Uh, we were fa- so we said used to say strangers became our family, and our family became strangers as we were on the road 300 days a year, and uh, you know it gets like that. But um, so for for the most part, just the kindness. Um, there's always going to be a hater here and there, but you're giving them something to do with their life too, you know. So it's not a bad deal. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely haters out there, but we here at the Keep the KFAB love each and every one of you guys. So we really appreciate your time today. For those of us that. here, thank you guys so much for sitting in and listening and watching a live taping of Keep the KFAB. Yeah, don't you. forget. Don't and forget to like, just, share, and subscribe. One, just one more little thing, yeah. since you were talking about it. Uh, I, you know, I have just started a podcast, and it's called, you know, Everybody's Got a Pod. 
and uh, everybody's got a pod, a black for yeah. podcast, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I've got, I've got three or four out, you know. Uh, but then the last thing I would have to say before I go is just remember, everybody's got a price. Yeah. The million dollar man. Yeah. <laughs> the best laugh ever, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to keep the KFIP and to Ted's podcast. Everybody's got a pod. Uh, you can find and us look on. Look for mine soon. Yes. <laughs> the Hammered One. The Man Who Hates the Social hammered Media. Hammered Starring Greg Valentine. And then the Party the with Marty. I might have to like it, though, huh? Yeah, <laughs> totally good. Excellent. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And like we like to say here at Keep the Kayfabe, there's three things you got to keep in mind. Stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Triple H. Thank you, guys. Triple H. That's a Triple H. Humble, hungry, and... Way to go, Matt. That was so enjoyable, and like I said, we can't thank Peggy enough for hooking us up with being able to talk to the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and Marty Gennetti. we got to give an extra special thanks to them. Wow, really good job, Matt. I'm really happy that you got to sit down with those guys. Were you nervous? Dude, yeah, I was nervous, of course. I mean, how often is it you get to sit down with some of your childhood heroes, talk to them about some of your favorite moments in pro wrestling history, and hear what it was like from their point of view? I mean, obviously, we as fans see it when we watch wrestling, but there's always a whole other side to the story. That's what we're all about here at Keep the K Fan. You always have what you see on TV, but then there's the part you don't see on TV. We just heard from Ted a little bit ago. I mean, how crazy is that story about Sean dribbling the basketball and Ted bumping into him at an airport years later? Right. What are the odds? So, really cool time. I I could not be happier right now. Obviously, I'm buzzing a little bit, you know, just talking about it. But, yeah, what a a great day here at Crusher Fest. So great. So great. Job well done. Extra special thank you to Peggy for putting on this great event. Make sure you don't miss it. Crusher Fest on your calendar every other year, first weekend in June. You don't want to miss it. Thank you, Becky, for standing in again. And everybody here is in high, high spirits because they're keeping it these three things. And you know what those three things are, Matt? I I don't know. I I don't. Can you remind me what they are? Well, if you bought our T-shirt here, you can. Make sure you scoop up a Keep the Kayfabe T-shirt. It's printed right on the front. And that is stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Oh, Triple H.